0: Good afternoon everyone. (coughs) Uh, Now I start to talk on Shobo Genzo Tsuki. As I said in the very beginning of this Genzoe, Zenki and Tsuki were written within a few weeks, and this (coughs) uh, title Tsuki means moon, but dogens use uh, this chi- these chinese characters tsuki uh, chinese character for moon is tsuki but to light in this way, as I said, this is so-called main yōgana. That means using Chinese character in order to write Japanese word. So this uh, used only the sound of Chinese character, tsu and ki. Uh, but uh, is uh, not only uh, the moon. This and ki uh, has meaning. I mean, he used the sound to show this moon, but he also uh, used the meaning of each of these Chinese characters. This also means uh, uh, entire or all. And ki, Is same same key in Zen key function. So Tsuki is the moon, and also Tsuki is entire function, what total function. So using the image of moon, he not explain, but he express this total function. And in the case of uh, Zenki, he mainly discussed about life and death, our life and death as a total function. But in this uh, fascicle, he used a kind of a structure of total function using the example or image of moon. I don't have much time, only three more lectures, so I need a little bit in a hurry. (laughs) But probably (laughs) one or two paragraphs. Okay, let me read the first paragraph. The moon's becoming completely round is neither, neither only three and three before, nor only three and three after. Moons that have become completely round are neither only three and three before, nor only three and three after. Uh, for this reason, let me read another paragraph. Shakyamuni Buddha said, the true Dharma body of the Buddha is like empty space. Responding to various things, it appears taking taking on forms, like the moon in water. Uh, first of all, of, of in the first sentence, is a. Uh, Apostle is, I think, before S please make it uh, put it after S that means this moon is plural so it should be moons the expression Dogen use is show gets This show means plural. You know, uh, often Dogen use show butsu, uh, and I translate this this show butsu as all Buddhas, and uh, in the first. Uh, Uh, I forget, okay, anyway this is plural, so moon is plural, this is a kind of a strange thing, because moon is only one in the sky, but he u- uses show gets as a plural, and probably first of all I have to talk about this, and uh <coughs> Maybe introducing one of his Waka poems might be helpful. Uh, let's see. There is a Waka poem written by Dogen, and that title of this waka is mujo, means uh, impermanence. Mu is not, jo is permanent. So mujo is impermanence. So this poem is about impermanence. (coughs) And uh, first, let me read Japanese Yadolu, tski, kage. Yononakawa, nani ni, ta,to, en, misdori, no, hash, fru, tsuyu ni, yadolu, tski, kage. So, Waka poem has thirty one syllables. In the case of Haik, only seventeen so in the case of Waka 14 more syllables but still very short and Yononaka uh, means uh, within this world this Yononaka means the world this world and Nani means what And Tatoe is like a simile or a metaphor. So, Yorunakawa nani tatoe means what is this word like? What is this li- word like? And dori means uh, water bird. Water bird. dori no. No means of. Hashi, what is hashi? hashi? Hashi is peak, of the bad. Pardon? Yeah, peak. Furu uh, uh, is to shake. Tsuyu is dew, or drop of water. Ni, yadoru is to stay or dwell or abide. Yadolu tsukikage. tsukikage means moonlight. Moonlight. So uh, what is this world is like? Uh, it is like uh, the moonlight staying within the drop of uh, water uh, shaked was splashed by the beak of water waterfall, or a water bird. Uh, there is a translation by uh, Stephen Hine e- in the uh, book of the uh, Poetry of Dogen. Uh, his translation of this poem is, uh, To what shall I liken the world? Moonlight reflected in dewdrops, shaken from a crane's bill." Crane's bill. Uh, here he translates this water bird as a crane. But in my image, crane is not right bird. <laughs> this uh, is any, any water bird. And this, in my image, this is, you know, m- much smaller water bar- waterfall. Jump, dive into the water, and come up, and shake the, you know, beak. Then splash the drops of waters, and it go back to the wa- uh, Go back to the water, of course. So it stays only maybe less than a second or a few seconds, but in each of those uh, drop of water or drop of dew, the moonlight is reflected, and each of those drop of water shining like moon. It's a really beautiful image, and this, uh, in this case, this moonlight the, uh, Referred to as Dogen says in uh, Shobo Genzo, Genjo Koan, this moonlight is boundless uh, light, and this boundless light, bound boundless light, to this entirety of interdependent origination, is reflected in each of the water that stays only. A second or so. So, this within this uh, short poem, he expressed the beauty of impermanence, and also uh, within impermanence, eternity is reflected. Not only impermanence. So impermanence is not something, uh, something negative. Sometimes we. When we hear the word impermanence, nothing stay. It sounds like a nihilistic. But uh, in uh, Dogen's expression of mujo or impermanence, this uh, very tiny and f- tiny drop of water staying only less than a second, the eternity is reflected. That is his. Uh, not understanding, but his image of impermanence. Uh, when, I think in the uh, 80s, I lived in Japan and I came to the uh, United States uh, once a year for about three years to uh, visit different Zen centers and give uh, Dharma talk. And one time, that was, I think, 1990, uh, yes. That was the year, you know, dining Katagiri Roshi passed away. He was sick with cancer. Uh, anyway, on that uh, trip, I talked. I gave a Dharma talk on Gakudou Yojinshu. Gakudou Yojinshu in my translation is Uh, the point to watch in practicing the way. This is a a collection of ten short essays about what uh, monks who practice with Dogen should keep in mind. And the first section of this Gakuto Yojinshu out of ten is about allowing bodhicitta, or body-mind, so dogen said it's a very most important thing is to arouse bodhicitta awakening mind and uh in that part he said awakening mind or bodhicitta is a mind that sees the impermanence of all beings so uh during that trip i basically talk about impermanence and you know Katagiri Roshi was dying. Uh, actually, he died a- about 10 days after I went back to Japan. And from Minneapolis, I went to Massachusetts and uh, visiting Varezendo, Pioneer Varezendo, Fair I used to uh, practice. Uh, near there, uh, one of Katagiri Roshi's uh, students uh, who was uh, uh, Japanese American from Hawaii had also a cancer. Uh, he had a cancer on his throat. So he couldn't speak and he couldn't even eat. So he put uh, nutrition from tube. And he was also dying. So uh, I, you know, again experience or watching the impermanence. And uh, each place I visited, I see some experience, some impermanence. And after I went back to Japan, one of my f- friends, who is working for a Japanese Buddhist publisher, asked me to write an essay about my trip. So I wrote about my experience of, you know, uh, meeting with Katagiri Roshi and that person who was dying, and other uh, examples. Uh, so I wrote my an essay. And uh, Uchiyama Roshi, my teacher, read my essay on the magazine. And uh, he really kindly read my, you know. Messy, <laughs> not so well written uh, essay, and you know it's mainly written about uh, impermanence. And uh, when I visited him, Uchamuroji said, "You know, when you talk about Gakdo Yojinshu, it's uh, okay to you know uh, discuss or talk about impermanence." But he said, "Impermanence is only half of the Dharma." We should see another half. And I, uh, I, kind, I you know, kind, uh, in a sense, I understood what he was saying as a teaching, because he is always talking about two sides, not only Ucemolish, but Dogen also. And uh, I think that was 90. Uh, I think several years later, he, around when he was 70 years old, he was very sick. You know, he was a physically very weak person. He had TB uh, since uh, his early twenties, uh, so he lived with uh, tuberculosis for more than 50 years. So uh, he's a very weak person. That's why he had to retire from Antaegy when he was 63, he was very young. But uh, he, when he became the abbot of Antige, that was right after his teacher Sawakiro uh, died, he declared that he would be uh, the abbot of Antige only for 10 years. Because, he, because of his physical condition. Anyway, around the 70s, he was very sick, and we expected he was dying. And I think he, was, he himself also th- think he was dying. During, uh, at that time, he wrote a collection of poems, he called uh, Dharma poems about life and death, and uh, when uh, he was invited to uh, have some uh, talk at a uh, TV program he introduced those uh, Dharma poems about life and death, and he printed that collection of poems uh, and on that on the TV he said if uh, people want to receive uh, the collection of poems, he would uh, send mail uh, to those people who wish. Anyway, it said, uh, I don't know, more than a thousand people asked him to <laughs> receive the poem. Anyway, the poem uh <coughs> Is so about life and this. And this time, this year, uh, at San Shinji in my temple, we had a celebration for 10th anniversary of San Shinzan community. No, uh, San Shinji, the temple. Anyway, on as a commemorative thing, uh, I uh, not I but we printed that collection of Dharma poems about life and death, Uh, and in that uh, collection of poems, he wrote about his understanding of life and death, and one of the poems he wrote is Uh, entitled Samadhi, Samadhi, or Zanmai, of the Treasury of the Radiant Light. Radiant Light was uh, uh, dogen used this morning. In the end of uh, Zenki, Treasury of the Radiant Light is one name of one of the Samadhis. It's a very short poem, but longer, a little longer than Waka poem. His poem is as follows. Uh, Though, though poor, never poor. Though sick, never sick. Though aging, never aging. Though dying, never dying. Reality prior to division. Herein lies unlimited depth. This is a a final poem in this collection. Uh, First lines, though poor, never poor. He was poor. You know, he lived for 86 years, but out of 86 years of his life, he said only six months he had a regular job. (laughs) and regular income, you know, he went to a university to study western philosophy. After he finished a master course, uh, he became a teacher at a Catholic seminary, uh, and he taught uh, philosophy and mathematics uh, to the students, and also he wanted to study uh, Catholic theology because he thought in order to deeply understand Western philosophy he needed to understand Catholic theology. And he also had a little expectation that he could become a Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> little, but after six months he gave it up, that idea. <laughs> he said, I couldn't be Catholic because of the... the, the in, institutionalism <laughs> so he left he quit that job after six months and he said that was only time he had regular income rest of his life after that he became a buddhist monk he was ordained by sawaki Kodoroshi and he practiced uh, and and teach uh, rest of his life so he, that was only time he had a regular job and regular income after he became a monk, he supported his life with begging, begging with takuhatsu. So he was really poor, literally poor. Uh, he wrote many books, but when he wrote, his books were published, he instead of receiving money, he received the books and gave those copies of books to his uh, students. So he didn't make money, actually. Anyway, that was his life, so he was really poor. But he said he was never poor. Actually, his, his life was very rich. Financially, he was poor, but his life was really rich. You know, many people respect him. That's why he could survive and many people visited him to talk with him about their problems, and he always welcomed any people who wanted to come to talk with him. So he has many friends, and students, and his disciples. That, he said that is most uh, rich way of life. And together with all beings, and second line is, though sick, never sick. He was really sick. He was really dying, actually. But he said, never sick. And though aging, you know, that, that time he was about 70 years old, so he was really aging. But he said, never aging. And though dying, Uh, you know, everyone, including himself, thought he was dying, but he said, never dying. These, uh, you know, first half of each line and second half of each line uh, refer to, uh, you know, each and every being's uh, actual concrete way of being, being born, living and dying as individual. But, uh, you know, as the Heart Sutra said, no arising, no perishing. That that means even when we are born, nothing is born. Even when we are dying, nothing is dying, because there is no self. Nothing added to this world, and nothing is taken from this world. In that case, in you know, There is no poverty, no sickness, no aging, and no dying. So he expressed his life, uh, it's really impermanence, but within this impermanence, uh, not permanence, but eternity is reflected. And, you know, this combination of impermanence and eternity or eternity deflected uh, within impermanence. That is the image of this, you know, uh, reflection of moonlight on each and every tiny drop of dew or drop of water. So, uh, you know, not only Dogen, but also in Japanese uh, literature, like a haiku or waka poems, this uh, eternity deflected within impermanence is really important uh, or common uh, motif. We like, not like, but (laughs) for example, we like cherry blossoms. Mm -hmm. Cherry blossom is a symbol of impermanence. It's, uh, you know, bloom and stay on less than a week, it's really beautiful, but within less than a week, it falls down. So when we see uh, the you know, cherry blossom blooms and fall down, we see impermanence, but that is the most beautiful thing. And also another example is a uh, skedo. skedo? The noisy insect in the summer, skater. Uh, skater lives only one week. Sh- no, Whiskey? Semi. Whiskey. Oh, <laughs> semi. <laughs> semi. 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 <laughs> <laughs> mosquito is the same. <laughs> its mosquito life is not so long. Yeah. Or fireflies, fireflies live very short, and yet it's you know, uh, glow, glow, glow. The beautiful light. Those are very important motif of Japanese poetry. All uh, about uh, eternity within impermanence. Anyway, that is basic uh, point of what Dogen is talking about within uh, this Shobogenzo. Uh, Tsuki. It's really impermanent, and that this small impermanent uh, beings, uh, boundless moonlight is uh, reflected. And this is, you know, before I Talked about, you know, Buddha's Dharma body is is it manifest itself through our practice? Our practice is only one moment, moment by moment thing, and our life of our practice is also not s- s- too long, but still you know, boundless and limitless, uh, formless, uh, eternal Dharma body is manifest itself within our practice. Our practice is impermanent. So our life, not only practice, but our life is a kind of a, not a mixture, but a combination of impermanence and eternity, not permanence impermanence and eternity, or eternity deflected uh, eternity in the drop of water, or, you know, uh, moon in a dewdrop. Moon in a dewdrop is that image. So when he writes this moon as a plural, this means each and every drop of water is the moon. That means each and every being, including ourself, is moon itself. That means, you know, dharma body and our permanent life are, interconnect, are interconnected and also interpenetrate each other. So our life is from one side impermanent, so very short, and uh, we may die any time. And yet within this short life, impermanent life, you know, eternity, bound, boundless moonlight is reflected. That is basically what he's uh, saying in this writing. Uh, so, uh, he, here he writes uh, moon as, as a plural, moons, that means each and every beings are moons. Uh, becoming completely round, completely round is enjoy. N is uh, N is circle, round, round circle. And jo means to become. And uh, this n also can mean complete or completely, because of the image of full moon, nothing is lacking. So when we use this word as above, enjoy through, in Japanese, that means it becomes completed, perfectly uh, completed. So here Dogen says, the moon's becoming completely round is neither only three and three before, nor only three and three after we need to understand what this strange expression means. Uh, three and three before and three and three after. If you are familiar with KOAN uh, you may know uh, where this expression comes from. Uh, this is come from one of the Koan uh, case thirty five. of uh, Heki or Blue Cliff Record. This is a, a, a conversation between Manju and one of Chinese Zen master, Mu If you are familiar with Dogen's writings some, uh, such as uh, Ehe Shingi, Dogen uh, quote one of his f- very famous uh, stories. You know, when he was Tenzo, he was cooking rice gruel by himself, of course. Then above the pot, Manjushri appeared and he hit the Manjushri and Manjushri disappeared. Uh, this was quoted in the Chi Anyway, this means uh, that that uh, story happened uh, with the same place with this uh, story goes on. That means uh, Mount Utai or Godai san. Godai-san, or Mount Wutai in Chinese, is famous for as a residence or dwellings of Manjushri. You know, uh, I said uh residence is Mount Potaraka, and Dogen visited. And I'm not sure if Dogen visited this place or not. Anyway, this uh, story, about Mujaku, happen, bo, both two stories happened on this mount, fam, very famous mountain, very famous and sacred mountains. And this one about cooking, uh, you know, uh, Manjushri is a bodhisattva of wisdom, and the Manjushri is uh, enshrined in the monk's hall. And in the man, monk's hall, people practice Zen. But when in the kitchen, uh, when he, I think when he was cooking, manjushri appeared, means he was thinking about the Zen. You know, we often do such a thing. When we sit in the Zen, though, we think working in the kitchen might be better, <laughs> especially when we are sleepy. <laughs> But when we, are, we work in the kitchen, we think, I want to sit. <laughs> you often we think, what I'm doing is the worst thing, worst possible thing. <laughs> Other people are doing better things. <laughs> that kind of, you know, uh, you know in Buddhism, uh, to be mindful means to be both body and mind right now, right here, what we are doing. But even. Uh, our body is here, but our mind can go somewhere else. That is what is called mindlessness. But when we sit, both, both body and mind should be in this sitting. And when we are working in the kitchen, both our body and mind should be in the kitchen. But sometimes we think about zazen when we are sitting or we are cooking. When we are sitting, we think about uh, cooking. That is how our, we can be mindless. Our dozen is not really dozen. I'm thinking about something else. Our, our mind is somewhere else. So uh, when Manjushri appeared above the cooking pot, uh, this Mojaku hit the Manjushri and Manjushri disappeared. So this hitting is like a letting go of thought in our Zazen. Whatever thought comes up, and if we are uh, interacting with thought, then we stop and return to just sitting. And when we are cooking, and some other miscellaneous thought coming up, we hit that thought, then it disappeared, and we focus on what we are doing. That is our practice. Anyway, uh, this this uh, expression came from another story about this is a master. Uh, he uh, traveled to this mountain, Mount Wutai, from the south. And uh, as I said, Mount Wutai is a famous sacred place as a uh, residence of Manjushuri and uh, while he was traveling and just uh, arrived this mountain, uh, he visited a temple where Manjushri lived. And he he and Manjushri had some conversation. That is uh, the story of this koan. Uh, so Manjushri, the host, uh, asked uh, Mujak, or in Chinese, Wu-chou, where have you just come from, where are you from? And Mujaku said, uh, from the south. You know, south it was uh, famous for, you know, many people practiced Zen. Zen was called the southern school, so in the south, Many people practiced them. So he was a Zen master. And Manjushri said, How is the Buddhist teaching being carried on in the South? What is the Buddhism in the South like? Then Mujak said, Monks of the last age. Last age? Last age means uh, there are uh, three ages after, after Buddha da, Buddha's death. The first age is called true dharma. And second is called resembling dharma. <laughs> and the third period is called last dharma. This means first period, it's uh, last 500 years. You know, there are teaching, Buddha's teaching, and there are people who practice the teaching, and there are some people who attained Realization in the first period. And in the second peri- peri- period, so-called resentable uh, only uh, teaching is there and people practice, but no one attain enlightenment. But in the third uh, period, Teaching is there, no one really practice, and no one attain enlightenment. So, in this idea, you know, this world is getting worse. Anyway, so they thought they were living in the third period, the last age. So monks of the last age have little regard. For the rules of discipline, rules of discipline means Vinaya precept. So people in this age uh, don't keep precept. Uh, Then Manjishri asked, How numerous are the congregations? How many people practice? Then uh, Mujak said, Uh, some 300, some 500, so some places they had 300 people, and other places they have 500 people. Uh, Then, uh, this time, Mujak asked Manjushri, how is it being carried on here at Manjushri's congregation? Uh, Here about. Then Manjushri said, Ordinary people and sages dwell together. Ordinary people and sages dwell together. Dragons and snakes intermingle. Dragons refer to a great practitioners and snakes refer to a tiny, small, not so serious practitioners <laughs> uh, mixed together. But that means everyone is there, and uh, Mojaku said, how numerous are the congregations. Then Manjushri said, in front three by three, in back three by three. So this is an expression Dogen used in the beginning of uh, Tsuki. So we need to understand what this means. In front, three by three, in back, three by three. Or in my translation, three and three before and three and three after. This word, my, zen, and go, can both mean in terms of time, before and after or in front, or back, backward. I'm not sure which is better, because I don't really understand the meaning of this expression. But uh, the person who made commentary on this koan, that was Engo, the same person who made the Blue Cliff Record, put a a capping word, capping phrase, on this koan, on this expression. And he says, crazy words. (laughs) Crazy words, insane talk. (laughs) But But tell me, how many are they? How many are they? This in front three by three, in back three by three. How many are they? Then uh, he continued. Even the great compassionate one, that means Avarokiteshvara, even the great compassionate one with a thousand hands could not count them all, that means numberless. So this uh, expression uh, in front three by three and in back three by three, or three, three, before, three, three, after, means numbers. That means uh, this moon, uh, I return to Shobo uh, Genzo Tsuki. So there are many moons, and all, of, all those moons are completely round, means become full moon. Uh, and the number of those full moons are numberless, infinite. And the second sentence is, moons that have become completely round are neither one, three and three before, nor only three or three after. But important point is, he said, not only. This is a kind of a strange thing, you know, this uh, three and three before and three and three after means infinite, numberless, too many to, to count, but he said not only. So this n- countless or numberless is kind of negated. That means this is Dogen's uh, logic. There are we can count, and that means uh, <coughs> not only infinite, but also countable. So kind of a complicated logic. Usually we said we negate the uh, you know finite numbers, and they, we say they are uh, numberless but he negate the numberless not completely negate but he said not only so to be numberless is not enough so it should be have some complete concrete number also so here there are two sides that means numberless infinite uh, beings and also, uh, each and every beings, as a person or uh, individual, there should be both. That means, you know, this we are like a, a drop of water, but within this drop of water, uh, boundless moonlight is reflected. And this water is shining like the moon itself. This is the uh, moons. There are many this, these moons. And there is an original moon. And there are numberless, and yet we also see, check, inquire, each one of them as individual. It's not, it's not simply think everything is reflection of the moon, that is one reality. But we have to make sure whether each one of us is uh, actualizing this way of life, that is a combination of impermanence and eternity. Do we see both sides and actualize and manifest this reality, which has both sides. Though poor, never poor. Though sick, never sick. Though uh, aging, never aging. Though dying, never dying. You know, this is a drop of water and shining like the moon itself. Anyway, that is the point of this writing. And he quote uh, one of the sayings from uh, Mahayana Sutra. The name of the sutra is "Konkomyo Kung I'm not sure there is an English translation or not. Uh, literary, literary, meaning of this, this uh, name of this sutra is Kon is golden," and "Ko is the same word, uh, "Dogen" used as a, a radiant light. So, the sutra of golden radiant light, and. Uh, in this sutra, there is a, a part or a va- part of the verse. Uh, in which uh, there are four guardian deities of Dharma. Those four guardian deities of Dharma uh, is uh, praising Buddha's virtue, and uh, this uh, phrase. This expression appeared uh, part of that praising verse of Buddha's virtue. And what it said is Shakyamuni, uh, (coughs) this is not really Shakyamuni Buddha said, but Dogen says, you know, Shakyamuni Buddha said, because this is from a sutra. But actually, within that sutra, not by Buddha. But those uh, guardian deities are saying this, f- these phrases. And that is the true Dharma body of the Buddha. So, this is about Dharma body. True Dharma body of the Buddha is like empty space. Em- uh, empty, sc- empty space uh, is koku. Ko is empty or void, and space is ku. And ku uh, can also, not can, but ku also means sky or space, not only emptiness. Koku. Co is void or empty, and ku is uh, also empty, or it can mean space or sky. I translate as empty sky, I mean empty space, that means the true Dharma body of Buddha has no form and it perv- pervading everywhere. This empty, spi- empty space uh, can have, not can, but have two meanings, two different kinds of empty space, I think. One is uh, for example, this uh, grass has some water, but it's not really full. So there is some empty space. That is one uh, meaning of empty space. But when we, I put more water and filled it up, then that empty space disappears. That is one meaning of empty space. And this m- meaning of empty space is called in, as a Buddhist term, called koku-jiki, koku jiki or shiki, that means one of the rupa. But there is another meaning of empty space, that is, you know, even this is filled, completely filled with water. Uh, when i moved this to another place you know this become empty and this now this space is occupied by this thing but uh, even if we even we're, whether this glass or cup is here or there even the space is occupied by this g- cup or not the space never appear or disappear, right? Do you understand what I meant? That is a different, different meaning of "koku" empty space. One one of the meaning is, you know, the empty space means lack of something. So we can fill it up. Then empty space disappeared. So this empty space. Is appear and disappear. But the uh, second meaning of empty space is whether uh, that space is occupied by something or not occupied. It doesn't appear, doesn't disappear. And that second meaning of empty space is called one of the three unconditioned things. Do you know other two? I forget. First one is Nirvana. And second one is this kind of empty space. And I forget the third. Do you know something? Do you know? Someone knows? Okay, I'll check. Anyway, (coughs) and when uh, Dogen. Use this word koku. Uh, he, he said uh, in his usage, this empty space or koku means neither of them. I mean, not only Dogen, but Dogen and his teacher discussed about his teacher's poem of a uh, windbell. Maybe you. Know the poem. You know, wind bell is in the temple buildings. There is a big bell called wind bell, fu lin, and uh, when wind blows, uh, this bells ring, made sound. And Dogen's teacher Tendo yojo uh, composed a poem about this uh, wind bell. And that basically what his lot uh, his is, this wind bells, uh looks like a mouth, you know. There is a uh, wind bell is like this, and inside is some uh, piece of metal. This is like a tongue. So this looks like a mouth. So the entire body of windbell is like a mouth, and uh, when, whichever direction the wind comes from, the windbell makes no discrimination. You know, wind from south, wind from north, wind from east, wind from west, it has Uh, some meanings but uh, wind-bell doesn't uh, make any discrimination but uh, together with those uh, wind from everywhere, anywhere, wind-bell simply express uh, emptiness, emptiness or dharma. So it said, uh, this wind bell looks looks like a mouth and hanging in the koku, in the empty space. And together with uh, any wind come from all directions, uh, equally discuss the Prajna parameter. This uh, poem uh, was uh, quoted. In Shobo Genzo Haramitsu, that is Dogen's comment on the Heart Sutra. Anyway, when Dogen discussed about this poem with his uh, Nyojo, with his teacher Nyojo, about and they talked about what this Koku means. And uh, Dogen asked, "Is this Koku uh, the first, word, first, the Koku in the first meaning that is is koku-jiki, that is?" Uh, lack of something, and Nyojo said no, and he said this koku refer to prajna, it's not a space, so it's not simply unconditioned, but it's uh, wisdom of prajna, and uh, another famous story about koku, or empty space, is uh, a conversation between two Chinese masters. Uh, both are disciples of Baso or Mazu. One person, his name was Sekkyo, and another person was Seido Chido. Uh, Sekkyo was uh, famous because uh, before he became a monk, he was a hunter. So even after he became a monk, he was always carrying the bow and arrow. Anyway, uh, Sekkyo asked uh, his Dharma brother, do you know how to grasp the empty space? And the Seido Chido uh, do some kind of a gesture to grasp the air with his hands. Then Sekkyo said, you don't know how to grasp the empty space or koku. Then this person asked, How do you grasp the empty space? Then Sekkyo grabbed this person's nose and said, This is how to grab or grasp empty space. That means empty space as wisdom or prajna does not mean something uh, conditioned or something unconditioned but uh, the reality of this being, of no-self and impermanence. So, koku as a prajna is manifested within this being. So, uh, in this this, uh, quote from the sutra, it said this koku is Buddha's Dharma body. So it's boundless and formless and uh, permeate everywhere. But that, uh, you know, that uh, empty space should be this one, the way we are. So in order to study and understand what is an empty space, and the Buddha's true Dharma body? We have to study this being. But in this sutra, it doesn't say that is Zen teaching. In this sutra, it said the <coughs> uh, Dharma body of Buddha is like an empty space, formless and boundless. Then, uh, this Buddha's uh, Dharma body. Responding to various things, each and every beings, responding each and every beings, uh, this uh, boundless, formless dharma body, taking on forms, like the moon in water. So moon uh, is a symbol of Dharmakaya, something boundless. And something formless, but uh, this dharmakaya, Kaya, Dharma Body, manifesting each and every uh, beings. This is uh, uh, the same thing as Dogen's image of moon in a dewdrop. That is what uh, this. Uh, Phrases. These phrases from Konko Myokyo is saying, so each and every beings uh, within each and every beings, Buddha's uh, Dharma body is reflected, reflected like a moon in a water. And Dogen made comments on this phrase, and talking about the relation between Buddha's dharma body and each and every beings, including ourselves. <coughs> and his comment is really kind of unique, means very difficult to understand from our logic. Uh, so let me read uh, parag- paragraph three. We have. Seven more minutes, uh, paragraph three is quite long, but let me, <laughs> let me read. Each and every thusness of thus water in moon discussed here must be water moon. It must be water thusness, moon thusness, Thusness in uh, middle, in Parense's middle and in parenthesis middle thusness. It is not said that Nyo, or thus, is a similarity. Nyo, or thusness is a thisness. This, this is my translation, anyway. The true Dharma body of the Buddha is the dustness or yunyaku of empty space. This empty space is the Buddha's true Dharma body. That is thusness or yunyaku. Because it is the Buddha's true Dharma body, the entire earth, the entire world, the entirety of phenomenal beings, and the entirety of actualization are themselves empty space. The hundreds of glasses and the 10,000 phenomenal things that are actualized as vastness or yu are nothing other than the Buddha's true Dharma body. It is thus water in moon. The time of the moon is not necessarily night, and the night is not necessarily dark. Never be caught up only in the small speculative views of human beings. Even fear the sun and the moon do not exist, there must be daytime and nighttime. The sun and the moon are not existing, for the sake of daytime and nighttime because the sun and the moon are both darkness it is not one moon or two moons it is not a thousand moons or 10 thousand moons even if the self of the moon holds the view of one moon or two moons that is the moon's view it is not necessarily the expression of the buddha way or the insight of the buddha way therefore even though we say there was a moon last night tonight's moon is not yesterday's moon we should study and penetrate that tonight moon is tonight's moon in the beginning in the middle and in the end, because the moon receives transmission from the moon, even though there is the moon, it is not a matter of new and old, I don't know how to explain this, Uh, the first few sentences is about this expression uh no three two gets uh, and uh, translation is no is like Uh, water in moon, so in English translation this is the Buddha's Dharma body or empty that is like the empty space is uh, manifest as uh, each and every beings with form such as uh, like moon in the water that is the meaning but uh it seems Togen doesn't read this new Chuget as a sentence uh, which means like the moon in the water, but he read each word as individual being that me in this case, this does not simply like. But this word, nyo, uh, can be a translation of Sanskrit word, tata, or tata, tata means means Uh For example, you know, true tata is translated as shin-nyo. Or in the Lotus Sutra, uh, when it talks about the true reality of all beings, or Shouhou Jiso, it says about ten suchness. And ten suchness is Ju uh, Nyo Ze. Ju Nyo Ze. And Nyo is like and ze is this. So nyoze literally means like this. So but this is is a noun, so we can say, you know, like thisness. Like thisness is uh, thatness, just as it is. So this word nyo. Can interpret as tatata or dustness. And sui is, of course, water. And uh, gets is moon. But this word chu, uh, of course, with, as a sentence, this chu means uh, in, within. But this chu also can mean middle. Or center. That is how he reads this Chinese sentence. You know, I probably Chinese people cannot read in such a way because this is—it's uh, not—it's uh, difficult to separate like a, like a <coughs> in some English English expression. Cannot be separated, like, uh, uh, for example, some <coughs> idioms, like uh, that is, "I'm going to do something." This going to. Uh, when I first studied English, you know, some English American person said, "I'm going to eat lunch." I thought this person going somewhere to eat lunch, but he started to eat right there. <laughs> I, w- I thought it's strange, <laughs> if he eat lunch right here, five does he say, I'm going to. But as an English idiom, this is one word. It's not, it cannot be separate, go and to. So, f- but when we study foreign language, we first we have to understand each language, each word. Then get, uh, make them together. and read, understand as a sentence. So probably that is what Dogen did when he did Chinese. First he had to uh, take a look at of each word and put them together as a phrase or a sentence. In that process he could read many different ways and some very strange or very wonderful, even though that can be uh, against break or break the rule or grammar in Chinese language. I think that is how he could read a Chinese expression in such a uh, unique way. And if if. Uh, People like me did such a thing. It's simply, people think, simply think that is a mistake. Yeah. But because you know, Dogen has very you know subtle and deep insight. When he prays with words in that way, he points out or show much deeper meaning of what is said as a language, as a sentence that is a kind of a attraction of dogen's writing it's very strange and yet s- makes sense somehow it show its uh, point out much deeper meaning than the usual way of reading this phrase so it seems he's reading this these four words instead of this is like like uh, moon in the water he cut into pieces, and this nyō is tatata thusness, and three and two as a middle middle means uh, middle in middle way and uh, you know this middle is a really important word in uh, in Nagarjuna's Majamika karika Chinese translation of majamika Karika is Chu, rong. Rong is discussion or thesis, and chu is middle, discussion about the middle. So uh, I think this is how he did this uh, phrase. Well, I'm sorry I speak too much. So, I continue from here tomorrow morning. I'm pretty sure I cannot finish (laughs) this Shobo Genzo Tsuki, but I'll go as far as possible. If you have a question, please give me tomorrow morning.